Kamala Harris is being decimated on social media for her racist comments. Kamala said that hurricane relief aid to Florida is going to be distributed based on skin color. Yeah, they're going to decide who gets the money because they're black, because they're minorities. We will play you that racist clip coming up. The Nord Stream pipeline has been sabotaged by these mystery explosions. Biden is blaming Putin. Putin is blaming Europe. So who's really responsible? I'll give you my theory coming up. And I believe the person behind this, these mystery explosions, this attack on the Nord Stream pipeline, is actually being extremely reckless, as I will explain. New bombshell report. Vicious Adam Schiff colluded with the whistleblower months before the first Trump impeachment. Schiff apparently instructed, this is according to, by the way, liberal, a, a book written by liberal journalists, Adam Schiff instructed the whistleblower on what was needed to be said in order to impeach Trump. The CDC has changed its guidelines. It now says that healthcare facilities like doctor's offices no longer require Universal masking. They don't have to wear masks in doctors' offices and hospitals. You would think that would be a big, big story, but it's being ignored by the mainstream media, and I believe, by the way, by many healthcare facilities. Well, what happened to following the science? They don't like to follow the science when it doesn't fit their narrative. All of that's coming up. A group of homeless people—you cannot make this stuff up. A group of homeless people is suing the city of San Francisco for treating them inhumanely because apparently San Francisco hasn't been putting them up in, like, fancy hotels or something along the or, or is forcing them to actually find somewhere to live and not live out in the street. So we'll get to all of that coming up. Welcome to the Yaakov M. Show on the VIN News Podcast. Send me an email, josh at vinnews.com, josh at vinnews.com. That's a double N. We try to read every email. We even try to respond. Kamala Harris, as I said, being blasted on social media. Kamala the racist. The worst politician in our lifetime. And there's a lot of bad ones. I mean, she was chosen for one reason, because she is black, because she's a female. Okay, technically, that's two reasons. And that's not even like I'm not even saying like something radical there. That's like what Biden actually said. That was his official reason. If you say something negative about Kamala or if you even pronounce her name Kamala, then somehow you're the racist. You're the bigot. But it turns out she is the racist. Kamala said that the government will. By the way. What she said is a lie. I mean, it's, it's literally been debunked for if if for no other reason that she has no control over how the money's distributed. The money, the federal government, the FEMA gives the money to the state. The state actually determines, which means Ron DeSantis determines how that money is distributed. And a, a, a top advisor to DeSantis already said, sorry, Kamala, but like we don't give it out to people because of their skin color, because because we think that blacks should get preferential treatment. So. That's not how it works. All right, so listen to this clip of Kamala. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making. And I'm so women. we absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. 
There you go. Communities of color. She's, it has to be given out based on communities of color and based on equity. And notice, if you pay close attention to the words, she says they don't just deserve equality, they deserve equity. And what she means by that, this is very important because we keep hearing this again and again from these socialists, where what they're trying to say is it's not just about equal opportunity. It's not just about giving minorities and people of color not colored people, colored people is racist, but people of color somehow, you could say. But it's about giving them not just a fair chance at success, but making them succeed, like putting the money in their pockets. This is the new narrative. It, it, it's pure socialism where, the, you know, the, the, the founding fathers, the Constitution, everybody has equal rights under the law. So black people, everyone has a right to a fair education. Everybody has a right to an opportunity. If a company decides not to hire somebody because of their skin color, that's racism. That's discrimination. But if a company doesn't want to hire somebody who happens to be black because they don't think they're qualified, you don't actually force the company to give them the job because of equality. That's you know, that was what she means by equity is if blacks are not making as much money as whites, well, then you give blacks the money because you have to make them equal to the whites. That's not how it works. They have an equal opportunity. Nobody's guaranteed success. You're guaranteed the, oppor- the same opportunity. You're guaranteed that nobody's going to discriminate you based on your skin color. If you don't make the money and the white person makes the money, then we don't give you the money. And, and, the, and the flip side is that if a black person is super successful and a white person fails, we don't go and say, hey, listen, you're white. And, you know, the black person got the money. You didn't. So now you're going to get an equal money. To them. That's, just, that's just absurd, obviously. So now Kamala, of course, people on social media, a lot of conservatives. By the way, Elon Musk, Elon Musk actually ripped into Kamala and said, uh, no, we give the money out based on the needs, not based on people's skin color. And like I said, you know, what she said was not even true. I mean, uh, there are those who suggested that, like, she's like violating like multiple different articles of the Constitution. All right. So Adam Schiff, vicious Schiff, uh, he actually met. This is such an egregious story. It's not surprising at all because we have known that Adam Schiff orchestrated the, uh, the 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 Trump impeachment, that the whole thing was just fabricated. And Adam Schiff was the point man. We've known this for quite a long time. He was also behind Russia collusion. It was like the fix was in. It was like it, it, it was wink, wink, Pelosi, Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler. We know we're going to impeach Trump as soon as they got into power. Remember, during the midterms, 20, 2018, 2019. We know we're going to impeach Trump. It's just a question of how. Let's just figure it out, the details. So this is actually a bombshell story, um, and, it's, and, and it's a new book about the Trump bogus impeachment that was written by, listen to this, two extremely leftist reporters. It was, this book is written by uh, one journalist who works for The Washington Post and one reporter who works for Politico. So two very, very leftist news outlets, and um, they say that Adam Schiff actually had these meetings months before the impeachment took place months before the whistleblower, you know, it was even the whistleblower's claims were even presented to Congress in any way, in any capacity. Schiff and Schiff's team was meeting with the whistleblower's team and coordinating and colluding. And essentially, the, you know, you know, Schiff was coaching them on, OK, here's what needs to be said in order for Trump to be impeached. And by the way, Schiff lied about this repeatedly over and over again. Adam Schiff, the Republican said They had proof that Adam Schiff, and now this is being confirmed by a new book written by two leftist reporters, that Adam Schiff, he lied repeatedly. And by the way, Adam Schiff is a pathological liar, but he repeatedly denied ever meeting with the whistleblower. And get this, now Adam Schiff's spokesman was actually asked about this. 
Uh, Schiff lied repeatedly. This book claims that he meet, he met with the whistleblower months before the whistleblower's claims were ever made public or ever, ever relate to Congress. Republicans have been saying this for years, that Adam Schiff was really the person who coached the whistleblower and who guided the whistleblower what to say and how to say it. And that Schiff had these meetings. Schiff denied it. And now Schiff's spokesman is saying, well, no, Schiff never lied. He said he never met with the actual whistleblower. He met with the whistleblower's attorney, but he never actually met with the whistleblower himself, only with the lawyer. I mean, you can't make it up. Like, like I mean, come on, give me a break. I mean, obviously, that's absurd. But it also may be illegal what Schiff did because they're actually admitting now that Schiff met with the lawyer. And and, and, and that was not allowed. And, and, and apparently the lawyer of the whistleblower divulged to Adam Schiff and his team, you know, things that were uh, legally not allowed to be disclosed to Congress. So this is like a this could potentially be a big scandal. Oh, except I forgot Adam Schiff is a Democrat. So Democrats always get away with these things. When's the last time you can remember a Democrat getting indicted over anything? So dozens of times, remember, Adam Schiff said, claimed that he had evidence of Russia collusion. He He was interviewed again and again on television we have evidence. Give us time. Eventually, the evidence is going to surface. We're not ready yet. And it was a lie. They had no evidence of any sort of Trump-Russia collusion because the whole thing was made up. Remember that uh, Adam Schiff, during an impeachment hearing, he actually claimed that Trump told uh, Vladimir Zelensky to make up dirt about Biden. Yeah, yeah Adam Schiff, he, 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 was, he was accusing Trump. And it was a lie. It was made up where he was accusing Trump of telling Zelensky to make up dirt about Joe Biden, which is something that never took place. I mean, so, so Adam Schiff, he, he like he's just the lowest form of slime, in my opinion, the most disingenuous weasel in Washington. And there's a lot of disingenuous weasels in Washington, but Schiff is, Schiff is the most. And uh, this is something that he lied about repeatedly. The authors of this book, the book is called Unchecked, the Untold Story Behind Congress's Botched Impeachment of Trump. Uh, authors Rachel Bade and Karun Demirijan reveal a meeting between the whistleblower's attorney, Andrew Bakaj, and lawyers working for the House Intel Committee. Um, and, and look, did Adam Schiff actually meet with these law, the, the whistleblower's lawyers, or was it Adam Schiff's representative and lawyer? I don't care. Same difference. Um, the meeting took place in September of 2019, which was uh, prior to the reports of the Zelensky phone call surfacing in the media and before the whistleblower campaign had ever been, uh, complaint had ever been sent to Congress. That means, as I said, that Schiff was secretly coordinating with the whistleblower from the very beginning. And under federal law, Andrew Bakaj, the lawyer for the whistleblower, was not allowed at that point to reveal specifics of the whistleblower complaint to Schiff's staff. When it comes to whistleblower rules, there's all sorts of very, very uh, complex rules, and that was one of them. But according to the book, he, he provided breadcrumbs. He basically hinted. He knew exactly how much to say where he was getting the message across without actually maybe saying it explicitly. Also, Adam Schiff met with a CIA official who told him about the infamous call between Trump and Zelensky. So let me read you here a quote from the book. Republicans would later accuse Schiff of coaching the CIA official with step-by-step instructions for how to file one of the most explosive whistleblower complaints in modern history, presumed coordination that they would decry as collusion between Trump's impeachers and the deep state, Schiff's staff, fervently denied those charges. What's known is that the FBI, the CIA official told Schiff's attorney that the president had done something highly unethical regarding Ukraine, and Schiff's counsel suggested that he get a lawyer to speak to the uh, intelligent community's inspector general, whose job it was to field and investigate whistleblowers' complaints. So again, uh, Adam Schiff is the one who actually is behind 
the whistleblower complaint. And for all we know, the you know the whole thing, like like was. I mean, we we know we know the the, the phone call that Trump had with Zelensky. So the whole impeachment was baseless and bogus anyway, because we actually have the transcript. We actually have the call, and Trump did nothing wrong. And uh, and we've always known this that Schiff orchestrated this whole thing. I mean, it's a, it's a game. Like it was like we're going to impeach Trump. We know we're going to impeach Trump. We know that we can do whatever we want. We can do illegal things to impeach Trump because we're Democrats and can get away with it. And, and that's exactly what happened. And by the way, a, an interesting little footnote here is the lawyer for Adam Schiff who met with the whistleblower and the whistleblower's lawyers was Dan Goldman. Dan Goldman is actually running for Congress in Borough Park. So that that's a pretty interesting. And we know Dan Goldman was one of the lawyers on the impeachment team, but it turns out that Dan Goldman was one of the people who was colluding with the whistleblower long before the whistleblower's complaint was ever filed. All right, Democrats are blaming Hurricane Ian on climate change. And here's the problem. There is no scientific basis. The Democrats, who supposedly, supposedly like to follow the science, they don't follow the science. They only follow science when it agrees with their narrative. But guess what? They are willing to throw the science out the window the minute that it doesn't support their bogus climate change narrative. So there's no science whatsoever that suggests. And in fact, if anything, the science uh, strongly indicates that climate change is not the reason for the severe weather, but quite the opposite, the response to climate change. The uh, lack of pollution is what's actually leading to the severe weather. So how ironic is that? And that's in, like, mainstream scientific journals. But, of course, the Democrats and the mainstream media are never going to bother to tell us this. Here's what I don't understand. So the Democrats are now—so the Democrats are blaming uh, Hurricane Ian on Republicans and on climate change and uh, and, and, and global warming and man-made global warming, which, as I said, there's zero basis for that scientifically. But here's the thing. Remember when they blamed Trump for the severe weather? Remember, Trump was president for like a year, and there are these severe hurricanes happening. Trump's uh, environmental climate policies, like, they're not even going to kick in for years and years. They can't even make a dent in any sort of real way for years, and yet like a year and a half into Trump's uh, presidency, and they're blaming Trump for the severe weather. Well, doesn't that now mean that you should blame Biden? I mean, Biden rolled back like most of Trump's executive orders on the cl- on, on climate, right? So how do you explain the fact when Trump is president, Trump's, Trump gets blamed for hurricanes, and when he's not president, he also gets blamed for hurricanes. What about the current president? Like, which way you could either you blame whoever's president at the time of the hurricane or you don't. And you say, listen, this is these are policies that happened years ago. But you can't you can't have it both ways. You can't blame Trump and Trump is president. Now Biden becomes president and severe weather still going on. Oh, but that's also Trump's fault. Well, then maybe when it was maybe when Trump was president, maybe it was really Obama's fault. And by the way, that is really what the science says, because uh, without getting into, you know, the weeds here, um, it turns out that the the lack of pollution is what causes severe weather, less pollution. It's so amazing how, you know, the way things work is is, is that less pollu- pollution is actually good in a certain sense. And the reason is because the lack of pollution, uh, there is there is less aerosol in the air. Pollution leads to be... So, in other words, when there's no fossil fuel, when, when, when there's a lack of fossil fuels, fossil fuels, on the one hand, can damage the environment, maybe, maybe, but the flip side of it is fossil fuels help the environment, or at least or at least pollution helps the environment because it releases aerosol in the air. Aerosol, it turns out, um, 
refract the the heat that comes from the sun. Aerosol somehow prevents heat from coming from the sun reaching into the ocean. So the lack of pollution leads to a lack of aerosol. Not, not, Not to get into your eyes are glazing over here with all the science stuff, but the lack of aerosol then causes the ocean to get hotter. The hotter ocean temperatures, that's what causes these severe hurricane winds and and all sorts of other severe weather. So it turns out that the Democrats, Ocasio and Bernie Sanders and these leftist, you know, climate people who who, who are the ones who are uh, who are who are implementing all these uh, policies that are supposed to help the environment and and supposed to help the climate. They're the ones causing the severe weather. And I want to just quote you over here. Multiple experts uh, spoke to Fox News and said that there is no evidence or no sufficient evidence to suggest that climate change caused Hurricane Ian or any individual natural disaster. I'll repeat that. Um, Experts say, multiple experts told Fox News that there's no evidence or no sufficient evidence to suggest climate change caused any individual natural disaster. Yet over the last several days, the New York Times, the AP, Political NPR, and others have published news stories that are blaming Hurricane Ian on climate change. Of course, that's what they do. That is what they do is they uh, take whatever is happening that day and they decide, well, it's obviously got to be because of climate change, even if they have zero science to back them up, because it fits their narrative and makes for good sound bites and makes for it makes for these good headlines. I mean, it's it's it's, it's just uh, it's completely egregious, you know, and, and, and in general, you know, like they do this all the time. Like if it's like freezing cold. Right. If there's like if there's like a bitter deep freeze somewhere and Republicans say, oh, look at that, you know, what happened to global warming? Look how cold it is. What do they say? They say, oh, no, that, that's just that's just the weather. That's not the climate. That's just the weather. It's an individual isolated thing. So that doesn't show you anything about global warming in general, climate change in general. But then when there's a hurricane and a severe thorm- storm system, uh, then that's exactly what they go. They say, well, look, you see that global warming or like when there's like severe heat somewhere and it's in one part of the globe, they say, oh, well, you see that? I mean, this is global warming. Like, like we have proof beyond doubt that there's global warming. Well, what do you mean? You just told us that you can't bring that kind of proof. Well, when it fits their narrative, they have no problem. All right. Speaking of the science, the CDC has changed its masking guidelines. This was a bombshell, yet it was buried by the media. It was even buried by the CDC because the CDC, like they, they, they're doing this because they feel like they have no choice because they realize how incredibly unpopular these masking guidelines are and the mandates and everything else. And they realize that, you know, COVID fatigue is out of control. And by the way, Biden announced that the pandemic was over and that it's very hard to keep all these uh, guidelines in place. Although Nancy Pelosi, of course, is allowing uh, uh, House members, members of Congress to vote remotely because of COVID. And, uh, you know, he got student loan forgiveness because of COVID. But COVID is over. And Biden says that COVID is over. So. The CDC, uh, they, they, they now say no masking necessary in healthcare facilities. I believe a lot of the healthcare facilities are not following this. Maybe some of them haven't even heard about it. The CDC announced this on like a Friday afternoon, not this past Friday, two, two, two Fridays ago, a, a late, late Friday afternoon, which we know you do that when you want a story to be buried. So they're finally catching up months later, years later, later they're catching up with the science, but uh, they're too embarrassed to actually Admit it publicly. All right. The Nord Stream pipeline. So uh, here's the question is who's responsible for the attack on the Nord Stream pipeline? Who's sabotaging? And we know the Nord Stream pipeline. That is the pipeline for natural gas that that goes from Russia into Germany and into Europe. And uh, that is how Vladimir Putin is making 
billions and billions of dollars every week off of the Europeans, which is just, it's just egregious. It's just mind boggling. And Trump stopped it. Trump stopped construction of the Nord Stream. And then, of course, Biden resumed construction of the Nord Stream of the Nord Stream. So or, or as the, the press secretary, the White House press secretary, Kareem Jean-Pierre, calls it the Nordstrom pipeline, the Nordstrom pipeline, not the Nord Stream pipeline. But uh, listen, Trump gets accused of colluding with Putin. And yet Trump actually shut down the Nord Stream pipeline, which is like the, the Putin's. It's like his number one precious possession is the Nord Stream pipeline. It's making him filthy rich. I mean, the, 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 the EU right now, the economy is tanking. The United States, the, the in, inflation is out of control. The economy is tanking, and yet Putin's getting richer than ever because of the Nord Stream pipeline and because of the sanctions, ironically, but uh, and because of Biden's total incompetence. Now, here's the question. Who is going to be the one who's sabotaging? You got, like, uh, intel officials working under Biden saying, this was Putin. Putin's the one who, uh, who sabotaged the Nord Stream pipeline. And yet they don't explain, how does that make any sense? How does it make any sense to accuse, why would Putin want to sabotage this pipeline. This pipeline is the best thing that ever happened to him because it gives him total control. It, Putin, right now, he owns Europe. When, if, if you're the one who supplies the energy to Europe, Europe needs you desperately, and you get to set the prices, and they're stuck. They are totally relying on Putin. And even the sanctions, the sanctions against Putin as a result of the Ukraine war, they made this exception where, oh, by the way, Europe can still buy natural gas and oil from Vladimir Putin. Well, that's a pretty glaring, pretty huge exception. And and, and basically it means that the, the, the sanctions against Putin are practically worthless because the price of oil has gone has skyrocketed because of the sanctions. And yet Putin's laughing all the way to the bank. He's getting richer. The EU and the U.S. are getting poorer because of the Ukraine war. And he's the one. The sanctions are supposed to be hurting him. They're actually helping him and hurting us. It, 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 it boggles the mind. And it's all Biden. It is all because of Biden's complete incompetence. Now, so, again, they're saying, well, you know, if you ask, because the U.S., they have no explanation for uh, who's sabotaging this this Nord Stream pipeline. And some people think it's the Europeans. It may be. But, again, what does that really do for them? Like, that's all that's going to do is, is is make their source of energy even more scarce. So it has to be Biden. It has to be Biden. And, look, I, I, there, there might be, I'm open to other theories here. But it makes the most logical sense. The United States right now, again, because the Nord Stream pipeline is what gives Putin all the leverage. So and, 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 and let's go even further. Biden actually threatened several months ago. He threatened Putin that uh, that, you know, they would that they would shut down the Nord Stream pipeline, even though they have no no ability to do that. So listen to this clip of Joe Biden from several months ago. Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. What do, what, how, will you, how will you do that exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. So it's like nobody, it was inexplicable. Nobody understood at the time what Biden was talking about because, oh, we're going to shut down that pipeline. You have no right to shut down that pipeline. The, the U.S. does not have um, authority over that pipeline. Trump did with, you know, when it came to NATO with the construction of the, of the Nord Stream 2. But the, Nord Stream, the, the one that's already um, being used, the one that, that, that's already complete, 
Biden had no way to shut that down. He said, no, don't worry, we'll do it. You know, we, we have ways. What ways does he have? Unless, unless it was a moment of clarity for Biden, very rare, and he actually was threatening to sabotage it and to blow it up, which, which like, that would actually make perfect sense. If, that were, if that's what's happening, that is a very dangerous game. Okay, I'm, I definitely am no fan of Vladimir Putin, but I also think, you know, you got to tread very carefully. Trump, Trump was not a friend of Vladimir Putin, but Trump never, ever engaged in any kind of direct conflict with Putin. You do not mess with Vladimir Putin. You got to be, it, it, it's so dangerous. It's so risky. You got to be out of your mind. So uh, if Biden, and that's to me, the only conclusion that makes any sense is that the U.S., and Biden, they're the ones who sabotaged the, and, and, and are responsible for these mystery explosions uh, at the pipeline. If that's Biden's play here, if that's his game plan, you're treading on very, very dangerous territory because the last thing you want is any kind of head-to-head conflict. I understand using proxies. Uh, you know, I understand, uh, I, I, I understand if uh, you, know, you want to arm Ukraine and you want to give Ukraine a lot of support or other enemies of Russia, but, but, but you want to really go and mess with, with Putin's Nord Stream pipeline, you know, Putin, I mean, he's got Iranian drones now. Putin has all sorts of things that he can do, all sorts of very, very, very dangerous things he could do. He has terrorists that he could sponsor in terms of retaliating against the United States. So I think it's likely that it's Biden. And if it is Biden, then I think that's a very, very uh, bad idea. I think it, I think it's a terrible move there uh, if Biden's sabotaging the Nord Stream pipeline. So we're going to keep an eye on all of that. The city of San Francisco, you cannot make it up, is being sued by a group of homeless people because they say that San Francisco has violated their constitutional rights. The lawsuit was filed on behalf of, listen to this, the Coalition on Homelessness and on behalf of seven homeless individuals in San Francisco. I mean, the, 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 the law and, and come on, who's who's sponsoring this lawsuit? Who's funding this lawsuit? George Soros. I mean, do we have to get do, do I have to give you a multiple choice quiz here? Is there any question in your mind. It's not the homeless people who are retaining these lawyers, okay? It's Soros. So the lawsuit was filed on behalf of the Coalition on Homelessness and on behalf of seven homeless individuals. The Jenny Friedenbach, the leader of the Coalition of Homelessness, said, quote, this is the accumulation of years of witnessing, documenting, and responding to fundamentally abusive human rights violations that unhoused people have had to experience at the worst time in their lives. Unhoused people. Quote, we hope to accomplish a dramatic shift from a city that responds to homelessness with sweeps, with confiscation of property, criminalizing folks are being poor to a city that instead addresses the issue at its core through the provision of housing. So essentially, I don't know, somehow they're forcing homeless people to live in shelters or they're forcing homeless people to just not camp themselves in the middle of streets. And, and, with, 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 and, and, and it's, it's just disgusting. I mean, they, they say walking through the city of San Francisco right now, it, it is it, it's like walking through a zoo. Only much more, only much dirtier, and much more disgusting, and much. It, 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 they're living in squalor, and I don't, I don't mean living in squalor like in some private, like, like in the middle of the street, like in the middle of the sidewalk, and people are actually supposed to walk there. So, and, and, and here's the irony: San Francisco get is getting exactly what it deserves. You gotta love this that San, that liberal woke San Francisco, who has allowed homelessness to be rampant. I mean, just it is just oh, it, it, they say that there is no more disgusting, heinous place to walk around than the streets of San Francisco. It's just, it's literally one big homeless shelter. So now they're getting sued because of abusive human rights violations against unhoused people. The lawsuit claims that San Francisco is breaching the law, which says that you cannot penalize people for sleeping outside if there is no shelter available. It seems that uh, the U.S. Ninth 
Circuit Court of Appeals said, uh, held several years ago it violates the Constitution to penalize people for sleeping outside when there is not enough room in shelters. And they're saying that uh, a large chunk of the homeless population do not have shelters available. So therefore, they're just allowed to sleep in the middle of the street. They're just allowed to sleep on the sidewalks, on the street. They're allowed to harass people, do whatever they want because it's their constitutional right. And uh, it's an abusive violation of of, of the human rights of unhoused people. AKA homeless people, uh, to 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 actually force them to find a shelter or to get out of the middle of the street. And meanwhile, and we'll close with this: the uh, absurd criminal justice system in California, or as I call it, the criminal non-justice system. It makes it impossible at this point to put to put dangerous criminals in jail. Um, the woke justice system in California, non-justice system, uh, shoplifting is out of control in California. Um, and and so many other crimes are out of control in California. Why? Because of recent uh, criminal justice reform laws that were passed. So there, there was a Proposition 47, Proposition 57. Basically, they allow all sorts of crime to go undeterred, and you're not, you're not allowed to punish them. It, it handcuffs the DAs. Now, the DAs in California are woke to begin with, but now they're legally not even able to prosecute these vicious criminals. This, these propositions were passed in 2014, but now, you know, because there's such a crime surge all around the country, so the 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 impact is being felt much more strongly. Basically, these propositions downgraded certain thefts and drug offenses and other crimes from felonies to misdemeanors. So essentially, dangerous criminals are allowed to go free, and what used to be a felony is now considered a misdemeanor. And it also, by the way, get this, allows felons who are currently in prison. Um, for the felonies, they can now go back and ask for resentencing retroactively because what they did and they were prosecuted for as felonies is now a misdemeanor. So even though they were prosecuted before this law into went into effect, but they are now allowed to go and say, uh, well, now it's only a misdemeanor. So, I mean, the, 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 the society is just devolving in, into just this this... Play at least these cities, these 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 woke leftist cities, with the George Soros backed DAs. I mean, criminals are running rampant. Criminals, they could do whatever they want and get zero consequences. It's not, and that's the system. It is literally built in to the system. I would say it's like the Wild West, but here's the thing: in the Wild West, the good guys also got to carry weapons and carry guns. And here, you know, the, the good guys, if they carry guns, they're going to get prosecuted by, by the DAs. It, it, it's only the real career criminals the, and, and the druggies and the gang members that the DAs uh, uh, refuse to prosecute. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.